You're listening to the message podcast of High Ridge Church Longview, where our vision is to help you know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and ultimately make a difference. We are so glad that you're here, and we pray that this message impacts your life as you apply the spiritual truths from God's Word in practical ways. Let's listen in. Everybody good? So glad to have people joining us online. Pastor Tom, it's great to see you and your wife. Glad to have you with us today. Wow, I'm just so grateful for the honor, the privilege to be able to stand here and bring the word to you this week. I so appreciate Pastor Tim and his leadership. And as you know, or hopefully you know, we kicked off a new series last week called Life in the Sweet Spot, in case you missed the candy outside out there, right? So did you, did you make the connection? Okay, the Life in the Sweet Spot series, and uh, Pastor Tim told us very clearly that the sweet spot as far as the kingdom of God, as far as walking as a believer, is not in the area of our greatest comfort or even our greatest expertise. It's finding the heart of God in any circumstance, any circumstance. So it's important, we're just going to follow through with that. Today, I'm going to bring you a message on how to find the sweet spot in the midst of anxiety. <laughs> now, I'm sure no one in this service, early service, third service, they're anxious people. I'm sure you guys are all very calm, cool, collected. You got this together, right? No, no, you don't. You ain't fooling anybody. We all know. Hey, here's the reality. Uh, have, let me ask you this question. Have you ever said or done something foolish when you were upset? Anybody? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we do that. You know what's really interesting? I had this thought this morning. God knows our physiology and our psychology. He made us wonderfully fashioned and made. So he knows all about us, right? And, and here's the thing, too. The way, part of the way our brain is designed is that um, when stress or anxiety reaches certain levels, we, our body kicks into survival mode. And when that happens, it releases some hormones and we get this jolt because our body believes and our brain believes that we are under threat and we're going to die. And so we kick into fight, flight, or flee, right? I mean, or freeze. That's what some people do too. You just freeze up, don't know what to do. And you know what? That's great to have that, that God built that into us so that we can, uh, when we face those extreme situations, you know that's really good, like when you step outside and you walk and there's a bear in the driveway? That's a good thing. No, we don't have bears here in Longview that I know of, okay, for our online people. It's an illustration, just stay with me. It's great when you step out and there's a threat and you need to respond. But you know what's not, when it's not so great? When you're sitting in the boardroom in a meeting, when you're having a discussion, we'll be nice and call it a discussion. If you're having a discussion with your spouse or you're driving on the loop in Longview, right? When those anxiety levels push at a certain point, that's not helpful in those situations. And then we wind up saying things. And the reason we say it is because when we go into that survival mode, our higher brain functions start to shut down. You know, where we actually would think about what we're about to say. That all, that all gets kind of turned off. It all shuts down. And, and, and it, we're just in survival mode. We're reacting. We're not responding. And that's part of the way we're designed. 
by God to help us uh, survive in difficult things. But when anxiety reaches a level and we're walking in some anxiety, uh, and by the way, let me just stop. We are all walking in anxiety. Everyone deals with anxiety. Now, depending on how you were raised or where you grew up or what kind of church background, you've probably been told that anxiety is a sin or at least that it's bad and that, that, that it's, it's not something that real Christians experience. I want to dispel that lie right now. I want you to understand that humanity experiences anxiety. Look at somebody and say, he's talking to you. He's talking to you. It's important that we recognize uh, that we all are experiencing it. Listen, in our culture today, especially in the American church, we're all experiencing heightened anxiety, whether it be due to the pandemic, politics, health, income, lack thereof, inflation, investigations, or just general uncertainty about the future. Heightened sense of anxiety. Everywhere. We're all dealing with it. And that's the thing. Anxiety is a human experience, and no one is immune. It's not about whether we are going to be anxious. It's what do we do when we are. That's the difference maker. It's what do we do? How do we respond? There are times that I have gotten up from my office, walked into my wife's office. We both office from home. And I would walk in and I would just say to her, look, I just need to let you know, I'm feeling anxious right now. You're like, oh my God, Bill. We just turned you off. We can't hear you no more. Sure you can, because I'm just like you. And there are times it's, they're anxious, just out of nowhere sometimes. Anybody else? Anybody else? Just a little wave of anxiety. The old what if. We get into the what if loop. What if this happens? What if this doesn't happen? What if that happens? What if that occurs? What if this comes in? What if it, nobody? Just me? Well, I have to admit, that's a little embarrassing, uh, just me. Today we're going to look in 1 Kings 19. We're going to look at the story, or at least a snapshot of the story, of a man by the name of Elijah. And maybe you're familiar, maybe you aren't, but just to let you know, give you the backstory. Elijah was the ultimate influencer. Elijah, I'm sure, had his own TikTok channel. <laughs> and he went viral multiple times. Elijah was a prophet of God who the Lord used on multiple occasions to show up, announce what God was doing, powerful things occurred as a result. And right prior to the scripture we're going to read today, he has shown up again and he's calling out the evil and wicked leadership. And they had these false gods and they had all these prophets who were false prophets. And he challenged them and said, today we're going to find out, we're going to establish once and for all who the real God is. And we're going to call down fire and whichever God answers by fire, he's the real God. And the people said, okay, we'll do that. So this 400 and something false prophets, they prepare their sacrifice on an altar and they do their thing for like all day. And they're jumping around, they're doing what they're doing, and, and nothing's happening. In fact, Elijah actually is kind of like standing over here, off to the side like this, kind of like, do you need to talk louder? Can he not hear you? He's, maybe he's asleep. Maybe your God is indisposed. And then when their turn was over and they were exhausted and nothing happened, he said, okay, it's my turn. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to dig a trench around this altar, and I want you to 
just pour three big barrels of water over everything. Just soak it. And they did. And it not only soaked the sacrifice and the altar, it filled up the trench around. All right, you with me? He eliminated any thought that he had some magic trick up his sleeve that could ignite a fire. And then he prayed, and fire came from heaven, and it consumed the sacrifice, the altar, and all the water in the trench. And the people were like, okay. We know who God is now. It was a powerful time, and he took care of those old uh, false prophets, and he's just had amazing victory. In fact, what we find is that basically he's a dude who posted a TikTok of him going out and saying, hey, guys, what's happening? Where's your God? Where's he at? And then showed his fire coming down, and then he read the negative comment, slapped it in B for boogie, and got out of town. That's what he did. That's what he did. So here he is. He's had this extremely powerful moment. And then a threat. And his response to the threat is a panic. And in that panic and that anxiety over his life being threatened by someone he knew was fully capable of doing it, he fled. He ran. And it says in scripture right up to where we're reading, he says he runs out into the desert uh, and he tells his servant, you stay here. And he goes on further, finds what a little bit of shade he can find, collapses and goes to sleep. While he's there, an angel comes and says, wakes him up. Says, you, you need to eat. And there's, there's food miraculously provided for him right there. He eats it, goes right back to sleep. Was Elijah a teenager? Because when I was a teenager, that's exactly what my life looked like, right? I would just, I'd come in, fall down, go to sleep. Mom would wake me up. Hey, you need to eat something. Okay, I'd eat. I'd go right back to sleep. He was not a teenager. I'm just joking. But the, the reality is, this is what's happening with Elijah. And then he goes on even further. Now, here's the thing that, that I'll point this out here in a minute. But he falls prey to a classic pitfall of, of when we're in anxiety and we're not handling it well. We will isolate, compare, and make excuses. That's what we'll do. He left his servant. Now he's all alone. Now he's all alone. The Lord ministers to him, takes care of him. Even though he's in anxiety, somebody needs to hear that right now. He's panicking, he's running, he's fleeing, and he's full of anxiety, and yet God was still providing for him. You can't read this story and miss that. That's important. So he goes on then after the meal, and he goes a distance into the wilderness and he, to the mountain of God, and he goes and finds a cave, and that's where we're going to pick up. Are you with me? Backstory, caught up, all here. Okay. 1 Kings 19, verses 9 and 10. And there he went into a cave and spent the night in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he said to him, this makes me laugh every time I read. <laughs> he said, this is the Lord is speaking to Elijah. What are you doing here, Elijah? Now, remember I told you that God made us. We're fearfully and wonderfully made, formed and crafted in our mother's womb with purpose, intent, and meaning. This is our God. He knows our physiology, and he knows our psychology. Here's the thing. He says, he asked Elijah a question. The way we turn on higher brain function when we're panicky and when we're in survival mode is the simple act of starting to ask yourself a question. God designed us where we could snap out of it. Yeah. 
God designed us where there was a way to come out. What, and so here he is. He's, he's been standing at the mouth of this cave, and, and an earthquake has gone by, and, and a hurricane has gone by, and a wildfire has gone by. But the scripture is very clear. God wasn't in the fire, wasn't in the wind or the earthquake. Sometimes we let our circumstances dictate what we believe to be true. Or we're listening to the noise of our circumstances and we miss what is the still small voice of God. And so it's important for us that when you hear his answer, listen to what he says. What are you doing here, Elijah? So he said, I've been very zealous for the Lord. This should probably be read this way. All right, this should probably be read this way. I have been very zealous for the Lord. It's almost an indignance that's coming out. It's like, how dare you ask me this question? Which, by the way, in the passage, if you read the whole chapter, which you should, he asks the question twice and he gives the same answer both times. I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with a sword. I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. Isolation, comparison, excuses. <laughs> now, they were, there were valid reasons. Everything he listed was true. Are, are, stay with me. Look at somebody next to you and say, stay with him. He'll get there. He'll get there. Thank you for the encouragement. He, he basically takes reasons and uses them to excuse himself from responsibility for where he is. That's a problem. Whatever you're going through right now, there are reasons why they're happening. There are reasons why you feel the way you feel. There are reasons why you think the way you think. The the trap is when we take those reasons and allow them to excuse ourselves for responsibility for where we are. Somebody online, amen that. I I couldn't hear them, but thank you. Thank you very much. Here's the thing. I'm going to make it this statement. No amount of success or expertise will eliminate stress or anxiety. It doesn't matter how great you become at something, how successful you are, you are a human being and you will experience anxiety. Some of you just need to take a deep breath and go, whew, thank goodness. That is a load off of my brain. I thought I was weird. I thought I was broken. No, you're human. If you're having anxiety at times in your life, in fact, if you're not having some level of anxiety at certain times in your life, you may be broken. You may be. It may be a sign of something worse. Let me give you three things today about anxiety that we get wrong. Are you with me? Okay. Three things about anxiety that we get wrong, especially in the church and especially in the American church. Number one. If I experience it, I'm not a good Christian. I promise you there are people in this room who have felt that. And one of the reasons we won't get up out of our office and walk into the room with someone else and say, I'm feeling anxious, is because to do so, we have believed that that means we're bad. Or that something's not right or we're not a good Christian. Can I just tell you right now, that's a lie. That is a lie. In the height of anxiety and panic, God was meeting and speaking to Elijah. Here's the second one. 
If I experience it, I'm not qualified to be used by God. Come on now. If you haven't been told this directly, it's been implied over time. And what it does is it causes us to not admit where we are. But I'm going to tell you something. This is a statement I use all the time in coaching. I say to them this, unclaimed baggage never gets unpacked. It never gets unpacked. If I can't acknowledge what I'm experiencing, I can't deal with it. And we just live in denial, which is not another river in Egypt. We live in denial. And we just tell ourselves, no, 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 I'm not anxious. No, no, no. And we get that weird face that kind of, oh, I'm fine. I'm not. You know, everything's good. No, I'm not anxious. No, 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 no. Because we don't want to say we are because people will look at us a certain way. So it's important that we recognize that's something we get wrong. Here's the third thing we get wrong. If I experience it, I'm not going to overcome it. That's a lie. You can overcome it. You can deal with it. As a believer, we actually have tools at our disposal and methods at our disposal that people who don't know the Lord don't have. There's, if you're feeling anxiety right now, you do not need to feel shame or condemnation you just need to understand I'm human and I need a way out. Here's the truth. Anxiety gets magnified when we allow ourselves to respond to what might happen as though it has already happened. Right? We take the what if and we say, so then. <laughs> yeah. What if this happens? Well, we're just done for. Right? We go ahead and act right now is if what we're worried about has already occurred. How many of you have ever spent some time worrying about something happening and it didn't happen? Do you seriously think you had anything to do with that? Well, I just worried it away. That's what I did. I was worried about it, so I just worried it away. Right? No, you didn't. You did not. What you did do, though, was make yourself miserable. Maybe those around you miserable, and you, you, did not, you did not enjoy a section of your life. Is that true? I've done this. Some of you don't look at me like that. Don't, don't, don't look at me like that. Here's the thing about anxiety. It is noisy, and it's chaotic, and it rarely ever leads to good choices or outcomes. In other words, it's untrustworthy. It has a lousy track record. Jesus addressed it when he said to those around him, he says, how many of you can add one measurement to your height by worrying about being short? I'll wait. He was making a point. He was, he was trying to make a point. Worry doesn't change our circumstances. It only agitates and magnifies them. That's what it does. Let me ask you a question. Is it possible that what we're worried about might actually happen? Yes. That's why we worry about it. It could happen, but it won't prepare us. Worrying about it won't prepare us for that experience or benefit us in any way. It'll only make us and set us up to be a victim. And that's not who we're called to be. 
It's not who we're called to be. Let me give you three thoughts this morning that will help us find the sweet spot when life gets overwhelming or in the midst of anxiety. Are you ready? Okay. Gonna have to listen quick. Number one, when circumstances get loud, get quiet. When circumstances get loud, life is kicking, noise in your head, you're going to have to make a decision. I'm going to, I'm going to get quiet. I'm going to get still. Because here's the thing. God wasn't in the fire. He wasn't in the hurricane. He wasn't in the earthquake. He came as a still, small voice, a quiet whisper. And if we can't get still, we won't hear. So we need to position ourselves to hear from the Lord. We need to position ourselves to hear from the Lord. I will say this to Elijah's credit. He positioned himself to hear from the Lord. And he did. The psalmist says in Psalm 4610, be still and know that I am God. I would even put it this way. Be still so that you can know I am God. And that I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. It's easy to miss the still small voice in the midst of the noise of life. That's why it's so important for us to take time to pull away, especially when life is overwhelming, especially when anxiety is rising up. We just need to pause. We, we need to find a moment to say, I'm going to have to get still. I got to quieten this noise down and I'm going to listen. I'm going to listen and I'm going to expect that God would speak to me. When we go to the Lord and get quiet, we can hear his voice and gain his perspective on our circumstances. How many of you realize that sometimes your perspective is limited and often wrong? Hey, I may be wrong, but I'm not in doubt. Anybody know anybody like that? I may be wrong, but by gosh, I'm convinced. I get it. I, I understand. I we need God's perspective. He sees the whole movie. We just see a snapshot. We're, we're in the moment. He sees the whole thing. And we need to trust him in that. Here's the second thing. When circumstances get confusing, find purpose. Find purpose. In fact, the scripture tells us in verses 15 through 18 of 1 Kings chapter 19. That's a lot of teens in there. Then the Lord said to him, go, return your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, basically what he says is that when, I want you to go back from where you ran away. I want you to go back. And here's some things I want you to do. Anoint Hazael as king over Syria. Also, you shall anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshai, as king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat, Abel, Mehola. What are these names? <laughs> I pro if some of you go out of here and name a kid Mehola, I'm... No, I'm just... You shall anoint as prophet in your place. It shall be that whoever escapes the sword of Haziel, Jehu will kill. And whoever escapes the sword of Jehu, Elisha will kill. Yet I have reserved 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed to Baal and every mouth that has not kissed him. Oh, but I thought Elijah was alone. <laughs> See, when anxiety kicks up, that's one of the lies the enemy loves to tell us. It's just you. You're the only one. Nobody else deals with this. You're the only one. That's a lie. We all deal with this. That we all deal with this. It's, it's important that we recognize the truth of God and his word when we hear it resets perspective. 
God says, oh, by the way, you're not alone. There's 7,000 out there that have never bowed their knee to Baal. And then he, he didn't say it, but he could have reminded him, hey, you remember just a chapter or two ago where that dude named Obadiah said that I had put 100 prophets in a cave and protected their lives? You're not even, not, not only you're not alone, you're not the only prophet. Not to mention, he says, you know, I got this. Here's the thing. When we moved here in 2020 from the Fort Worth area, we made a geographical relocation in the midst of a global pandemic. Never said I was smart. <laughs> just, just hold that right there. But here's the reality. We felt like we had a, a direction from the Lord. We had prayed about it. We felt like this was where we we're supposed to be. It was the easiest yes, but it was one of the hardest moves of our life. There was anxiety, there was stress, there was a lot of unknowns, a lot of uncertainty. We sold our house quickly, we couldn't get one here. Didn't want to move into an apartment and have to move twice. But you know what, at some point I looked at my wife and I said, you know what, we don't have to buy a house to obey God. We, we, can, we can obey, we'll get there. So we drive in with our first load of stuff, it's a, the biggest U-Haul I could find, and we drive in and we get to our uh, storage building that we've rented and we've paid for already, and when we get there they tell us, oh, we rented that out already. No stress. Too blessed to be stressed. It was a moment. I'm just going to tell you, it was a moment. There were many moments like this. And, and we had to look at each other. We would look at each other literally in the face and say, let's remind ourselves of why we're doing this. Let's go back to the purpose of why we're here. And it centered us. It grounded us. And it caused us to reach out in faith. And when we did that, things happened. The lady looked at me and goes, you know what? We have another facility on the other side of town. We have just what you're looking for, and it's cheaper. I went, okay. <laughs> I can do that. We moved here into an apartment, got, got a, a short uh, lease. We weren't in the apartment a week and a half. put a contract on a house. I'm just telling you, God moves quickly when he wants to. Here's a statement I'm going to have come up on the screen. In the midst of confusion, God will remind us that he has a purpose in every season. Yeah. Embracing that purpose is what brings clarity. Now, here's the final thing. When circumstances get unfavorable, trust God. Trust God. Ultimately, there's a choice to be made here. Will I panic or will I pray? Will I trust my feelings or his truth? Do I believe, do I really believe that he can use anything for my benefit if I trust him? Mm -hmm. yes. Now I'm going to read a scripture that gets thrown at people in all the wrong way and we misunderstand its meaning. Philippians 4 verses 6 through 7. This scripture has been so abused. Don't fret or worry, period. They stop. They stop. This is what, I'm anxious. Don't fret or worry. I'm having some anxiety. Don't do that. That's evil. No, it's not evil. It's human. The point of the scripture is to tell you what to do when you worry. Yes. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. Letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good, will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. When we can come to the Lord and say, I'm anxious. Lord, I'm anxious. And this is what I'm anxious about. And I'm going I'm to pray about this. I'm going to pray into this. I'm going to bring it to you. I'm going to bring it to you. I'll put it this way. When we are in our sweet spot, 
We can put our anxiety where it belongs, with God. We learn to upload our worries and download his peace. I wasn't built to carry that stuff. Neither are you. But if we don't have anywhere to take it, we just have to wear it. That's the good news about being a believer. It's important here as I close out today to let you know Elijah wasn't disqualified because of his anxiety. But rather, as he heard and responded to God's word to him, he found a new sweet spot as a mentor and leader of the next generation of leaders and prophets. He is revered by three religions, appeared on the Mount of Transfiguration, uh, Transfiguration with Moses alongside Jesus. He's referenced in the book of James in the New Testament as a, the man who prayed that it not rain, and it didn't rain till he prayed for it to rain. And he says, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous person avails much. And then, you can't leave this off, says Elijah was just like us. Just like us. Just like us. I want to ask you this morning, here in this room and online, just take a moment and bow your head, close your eyes. How many of you here and watching online would be willing to say, with no one else looking around, you'd just be willing to say, Bill, I'm, I'm dealing with some anxiety and I feel a little overwhelmed. Would you just lift your hand wherever you might be? Thank you. Thank you. The response is basically what I expected. We, it's everywhere. This is what people are dealing with. Thank you. You can put your hands down. Those of you who did raise your hand, I want to pray for you, but I want you to ask yourself a question. Remember I told you that one of the, the keys to coming back to where you can actually process and higher brain function is asking a question. Ask yourself this simple question. Why am I anxious? Don't edit the answer, just ask the question. Now ask God to speak to that thing that is making you anxious. Lord, we need to hear your voice. We need your word. Maybe all around the room right now and watching online, people are having a, a scripture pop into their head. If so, don't ignore that. Jot it down somewhere and revisit it. Listen, listen. Right now, we're getting quiet. Circumstances are loud. We're getting quiet. Father, I pray that every person who raised their hand here this morning, that that anxiousness, that anxiety that they're feeling, as they confess it to you, I pray that you would speak directly to it today. I pray, Father, that they would be able to say honestly, Lord, I can't handle this. I'm going to have to give it to you. Now, Father, I pray that your peace that bypasses our understanding would strengthen, establish, and settle their hearts. In Jesus' name. Now, you might be here or watching online today, and you say, Bill, I don't have that kind of relationship with God that you're talking about. We never like to close a service here without giving you an opportunity to have that kind of relationship. And I would love to lead you in a simple prayer. It's not magic, it's not a formula, but it's powerful if you mean it when you pray it from your heart. So just pray with me right now, if that's who you are right now. Lord Jesus, I acknowledge my need for you. I believe that you are who you said you were.
I believe you are the son of God, that you came to this earth, you lived a perfect life, you died on the cross for my mistakes and my sin, and were raised again, showing victory over that death so that I could know new life. I receive that today. I ask you to come into my life, become my Lord, take over. I choose to serve you as long as I shall live. A friend, if you prayed that prayer with me, either here in this room or online, if you're in this room, I'm gonna ask you with every head bowed and eyes still closed, if you would just simply raise your hand and say, Bill, that was me, I prayed that prayer. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you prayed that prayer with me here in this room or online, I'm gonna ask you to do something for me and that is coming up on the screen behind me right now is a number. Would you just simply text me the word, I prayed all one word to 844-HRC-TEXT. 844-HRC-TEXT. We would love to send you some material that will help you know your next steps, what has happened in your heart and how you can move on to the next thing that God has for you. We're so happy for you. We rejoice with you. There were five people here in this room who prayed that prayer with me. We're so excited for what you've just done. High Ridge family, would you stand with me? I'm gonna invite our elders and their wives and any of our staff that's here to make themselves available here at the front to, to pray with anyone who might have any type of prayer need, whether it's related to today's message or not related. We always wanna make sure that uh, prayer is made available to you. You know what? If It might just be that coming down here and asking one of these people to pray with you and saying, hey, I, I want somebody to know I'm anxious, opens the door to that being conquered and dealt with in your situation. So please don't, don't uh, go out without taking advantage of that opportunity, that's you. Man, I'm so glad you guys are here. You came to church. Thank you so much for joining us online. We're so grateful. And I just want to speak a blessing over you as we go. Is that cool? Can we do that? Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for every family, every household represented here in this room today and online. God, I speak a blessing. May your presence abide upon their lives. May they know that whatever they're going through, you are there with them in the midst of it. I speak blessing over them in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great afternoon. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our prayer is that you are encouraged and strengthened by the message. If you haven't done so yet, be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review wherever you're listening. If you want to be a part of our online community, connect with us through Facebook or Instagram with the handle at HighRidgeLV, or you can check out our website at HighRidgeLV.com. Lastly, if this ministry has impacted your life and you'd like to support its work, visit highridgelv.com give. We appreciate your support and we're believing with you today for God's best in your life. Have an incredible week and we will see you next time.